0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. Good morning. Welcome to One Cause Church as we celebrate Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, we're going to talk about that this morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, St. Luke chapter 19. This is one of the events of Jesus that was recorded in all four of the Gospels. Um, it's one of the most powerful moments in his life, and so it's, it, it needs our attention, and so that's why this day is is set aside so that we talk about this event, because this event really is what propelled him on into uh, the cross, just a few days later, which this coming Sunday we'll, we'll celebrate Easter together, his, his resurrection. So, um, but here, they, all of Jerusalem comes comes together at this time for the Passover, and so now Jesus is going to make entrance, what is known as the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And we'll pick up in verse 29 of Luke chapter 19. It says this, And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphagee and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples. Should I share that, what I shared at the early service? Yes. Yes. Well, so the reason this mountain is named this is because centuries before, a man came from a long way away, from a far country, to this area of Jerusalem and, and fell in love with the land, and especially that mountain. And so the, the landowner uh, asked him which section of the mountain he wanted to purchase. And he simply said, All of it. So that's why it's called Mount All of it to this day. And, <laughs> Should have just left it in the first service. <laughs> That's not even a true story. I'm standing up here lying to you. The preacher is lying, so I'm sorry. That <laughs> but it could have happened that way. <laughs> Verse 30, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat Loose it." And bring it here. And if anyone ask you why are you loosing it, thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it, just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. I'm hoping they were layers. Um, Then, verse 37, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Did you hear that? Loud voice. For all the mighty works they had seen, saying, can we all just say this with a loud voice, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, one verse of scripture says that many of the Jews came Uh, and they were asking if Jesus was going to be coming to the feast. And the reason was is because he had just raised Lazarus, who had been dead for four days from the dead. And they were excited to see him. Many of them had believed because of this astounding miracle Jesus performed. So there were crowds and crowds and crowds of people here, along with a lot of his disciples. So, um, it's, it's I mean, the place is buzzing about Jesus. This day was recorded... 500 years previous to it, by the prophet Zechariah. And we'll look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, and look what he says Zechariah chapter 9 Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Aren't these grand uh, 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 phrases? Aren't these grand sayings of the Lord Jesus, right? Your king is coming. Shout because he's coming and he's bringing salvation. This is just glorious. And then it's like the rug gets jerked out. After all of this, how's he coming? Lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the foal of a donkey. As a matter of fact, it's a baby donkey. Wow. Who wrote this? We need somebody like Brian to keep the exclamation, keep the, the strength of this, this saying up. And, He's coming, lowly, riding on a donkey. So King Jesus, think about this, would make this what's called the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, riding on, not upon a grand stallion or steed, no, on a little lowly donkey. Now this is not a scene seemingly fit for a normal king, but this is no normal king. This king is one who actually takes joy in identifying with the lowly, with the weak, with the imperfect, with the overlooked, and with the forgotten. He can identify with all of us. The people, though, however, you have to understand the times that they were under this Roman rule, actually a Roman oppression, And they were hoping that Jesus would be the one who would come and throw off that oppression so that they could be free Israel and that he would sit on the throne of David because Jesus was the rightful heir, is the rightful heir to the throne of David because he is of the lineage of David, therefore that is his chair. All right? And so they're hoping that this is what's going on. So they're ready. This is why the crowd is gathered. They're ready to inaugurate a king for Jesus to set his physical kingdom upon the earth, but the time was not yet. Now, that time is coming. It will happen. And, and the next entrance Jesus makes into the world will be up on a great white stallion. Hallelujah. And he's going to come. And the scripture says that he will come and he will sit on the throne of David and he will establish his thousand-year reign on the earth. Won't that be a glorious time? When Jesus will come and right all the wrongs, he will come and wipe away every tear and every injustice, every wrong that has happened, everything that has been stolen and taken and lost will all be restored. He makes all things new. That's the glorious hope that we have. That's why we come together and we celebrate that day and we look forward to that day. We understand that right now we experience him on one level and that is through the level of the spirit and, and 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 we want our lives to reflect what has happened on the inside but there is coming a day hallelujah when we'll receive the full impact of our salvation both spirit, soul and body. Aren't you glad that you're not stuck with the body you have forever? Glory to God. I don't know I'm grateful I'm grateful. Jesus is an interesting king. When he comes and talks about his kingdom, he says, if any of you want to be the greatest, if you want to enter into the kingdom, you've got to humble yourself and become like one of these little children. Matter of fact, if you want to be first in the kingdom, you've got to become the last of all and servant of all. That's how my kingdom works. It's completely backwards to the way of this world. Now, I'd like us, um, this day, Jesus enters Jerusalem on this donkey. I was thinking about that donkey. Thinking about, if the donkey could speak, what would he have to say about that day? What would he say? What lessons could we learn from this little beast of burden? Well, I found three, three things I'd like to, to get to you today. Actually, there are several truths I found in here, but for the sake of time, I had to boil them down to three. Um, and I think that, that he, he would probably say things like this. Jesus chose you for his purpose. Jesus chose you for his purpose because he needs you. I think another thing that he might teach us is that Jesus has loosed you from limitation. And then lastly, Jesus is made visible by you for others to see. Jesus, has a, Jesus chose you for his purpose. Jesus loosed you from limitation. And Jesus is made visible by you for others to see. Let's look at verse 31 and see what this donkey's talking about exactly. And if anyone asks you, Verse 31 of Luke chapter 19. If anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. Say this with me. Jesus chose me for his purpose. Because Jesus needs me. Now take, think about that. Jesus chose you. Jesus does need you. Oh, God doesn't need anything. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. You know why? Whatever, why would he choose you otherwise if he didn't need you? Right? He chose you because he needs you. And this is what... He actually needs from you first and foremost. He's he's longing for this, that you would simply choose him back. He chose you and then watched to see if you would choose him. Now that's an amazing thing to me. It's an amazing thing that God would expend the kind of love he did. Think about this for a moment. God had no guarantees. Let's Let's just talk about him for just a moment in this way. God had no guarantees that anybody would believe on his son. Why didn't he have guarantees? Because we have a choice. He gave us the freedom of choice. So he had no guarantee. Think about the risk he was taking. The risk that he would send his own son to the world with no guarantees that anybody would respond to that love. I can't even understand that. That he would risk it all. He would give everything that he had in the person of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank God. I mean, I think if people really hear the gospel for what it is, simply good news and not feel like they've been manipulated into making a decision, right? Not be dangled over hell and come in by fear, but simply be enraptured by the love of God. I just can't get over that kind of love. That makes me want to seek him out. Why would he love me like that? My love has limits. I have children. I have children, and I love those children. I wouldn't trade those children's lives for any of your lives in this room today. I love all of you, but I don't love you like I love my children. And I would think that you would show me the same kind of respect, right? Amen. Especially you have children, you understand that. You would not trade that child for anybody. I mean, if, if, if your child, if, it was, if there was a scenario where everybody in this room would survive death, if I were to give up one of my children, everybody in this room is going to heaven. I am not doing it. I'm not sacrificing my child for any of you. I don't care if it was all of Collin County. They would all die. I'm not trading my children. But God so loved us that he risked everything and gave us the greatest love by sending his own son for us. Wow. 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 So he chose us in love. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Let's look at that for a moment. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Just as he chose us in him, when? Before the foundation of the world. You see this? So God wasn't waiting for you to choose him before he decided to bite. He chose you way before. Any of this ever came into existence? He chose you. I love that. He chose you in Jesus. That we should be holy and without blame before him, how? Because we need to? Because we need to keep the law? No, because we love him and because he loves us in love. Oh, it's a a privilege. It's not about obedience. It's about the right to obey more than it is about the obedience. I get to obey God because he loves me. I get to serve him because he loved me. He came and rescued me. I don't need to. I get to. See, isn't that glorious? Without, he chose us in him. He chose us. As a matter of fact, God made you who you are, where you are, so that you would be you where you are. He doesn't want anybody else to do what you do, what he created you to do. He chose you for that purpose. That's why he's put you in the place where you are today. You might have thought, well, I am here because of the, the choices I've made. Yeah, that's true. But who started all of that? Who gave you that gift of life to make, to make those choices? Right. Right? So really, it's all glory goes to him. He's the one that gave us this precious gift of life. My son and I were were at Guitar Center some time ago. It was back in uh, February. We're guitar players in our house. And um, actually, he just started guitar months ago. And I I told him, if you'll practice the guitar, my guitar, for the next four months, (laughs) not weeks, the next four months, and I see that you're really dedicated to it, I will buy you your own guitar. So, I mean, that set that kid on a course of practicing that guitar. I mean, I would hear him all day long and they're playing the guitar, playing my guitar. And, and so when, when the time came, he reminded me in February, Dad, the four months is up. It's time to get a guitar. I said, You're right. I said, But let me make a deal with you. I said, I want to present this to you first. This guitar up here, this, this sunburst, this pretty guitar up here, that's, nut, that's one of the guitars that was given to me actually by my brother. It's a very nice guitar. I said, I'm willing to give you that guitar because it's an expensive guitar. It's well made. I said, I'm willing to give that to you. Or we can go to guitar center. He says, well, Dad, I'm actually looking for a Les Paul, which is kind of the style of that black one that Cameron was playing this morning. And he said, I I actually want that. I said, well, let me just tell you something right now. I'm not paying the amount of money that it it costs for a Les Paul. So I'm telling you, I'm giving you a better guitar. But, I mean, if I had to buy you one, it's going to be a lot cheaper than that. He's like, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, all right, so couldn't win it. So we went to guitar Center. we walked in, and a light shone from heaven, and angels began to sing, and we heard the chime from Sweet Child of Mine of Guns N' Roses, as it shone on this slash model Gibson or Epiphone Les Paul guitar, right? And it's got Slash's tattoo design on the headstock you know and as we're walking by that I'm like that's a cool looking guitar and Dylan's like dad I want to try that guitar and I said, okay so he picks up the guitar and we go plug it in and man he's he's playing that thing and now he thinks he's a member of Guns N' Roses now so he's he's playing away and he's like dad I love this guitar I said yeah that's great let's try some other ones too Let's open our options. There are other kind of Les Paul-style guitars here, so let's look around. So we, he put, we put the guitar up, and we go around. And I, I'm just going and grabbing stuff within reason, right? And, and uh, so he's playing these guitars, and he keeps, he just, Dad, I just can't get over this guitar. I just can't get over this guitar. I like this one. This is the one I, this is what I want. This is the one I pick. Fortunately, it was the cheapest of all of them. They just happened to be running an amazing sale that day where I was able to get that guitar for a very good price. Anyway, so now he's, that's what he wanted. That's what he had his eyes on. Nothing else was going to satisfy him. Nothing else is going to satisfy God's choice like you, like you doing what you do and being who you are because you are here by divine design. I mean, I know it took two people to tango for your existence, but that's not the full meaning of your existence. Amen. God loves you. Only you can touch someone else's life like you do. He chose you that way. That's a glorious thought, isn't it? And when you truly believe and fully accept that God chose you, that he chose you, no matter how you got here, that you will, that you will believe that truth, that God chose you, then you'll find yourself not struggling with finding your purpose in life. You'll find that that is your purpose. He chose me, so I choose him. And that's going to dictate my actions. That's going to dictate how I talk. That's going to dictate how I, how I raise my family. That's going to dictate how I work on the job. That's just going to dictate my overall attitude in life. Because he chose me. Verse 32. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he that is, Jesus, had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. So I want you to notice, before that colt, before that donkey was brought to Jesus, he first was loosed from that which held him. He was first loosed from that which held him. This thing that I believe that the donkey would teach us today This truth he would bring to us is that by being tied up, he was only going as far as the length of that rope would allow him to. And only until he was loose could he truly be free to be used. I mean, think about what a moment that was for this little animal. Tied up next to a gate, and the next thing, his creator is sitting on him. Wow. Jesus has loosed you from limitation. Say that. Jesus has loosed me from limitation. Glory to God. I love 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. It's a scripture that I quote to you a lot. It says, for this purpose, was the Son of God was manifested, manifested to destroy the works, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, now watch this. The word for destroy is an interesting word. It's the, the Greek word lyo. Let's make a friend of that word. Lyo. Lyo. L-Y-O. Lyo. And this is what it means to loose any person or thing tied or fastened. Isn't that awesome? To loose one that is bound, to unbind, to release from bonds, to set free. So for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might loose us from the bonds that were tying us down, that were limiting our lives to living the abundant life, from living the abundant life that he came to give us. But Jesus did it. He unraveled. The scripture says he disarmed the devil of all of his power. All right, so that's why you never, you never give one second of fear to the devil and his minions, ever, because he's already judged and he's been disarmed. He has nothing except a loud mouth. That's all he's got, a loud mouth. But Jesus has, un, has loosed you. He has loosed you from all of that power, all the power that was holding you down, that was keeping you limited, that was keeping you bound. There's a story in, in Acts chapter 16 of the Apostle Paul and uh, Silas, a guy by the name of Silas, who uh, were were walking through this this city, and and they were proclaiming the good news. They were preaching the gospel, and and, uh, the writer Luke was there with them. Paul had a whole entourage with him, and and all of a sudden, this girl starts following them, and she's saying really cool things. She kind of became their cheerleader And she was going, these men are men of God. You need to listen to them because they tell us the way of life. And and I'm sure the first day that that happened, they were like, oh, cool, all right, awesome. They kept walking, but she kept on, and she kept on, and she kept on. And I love the way the scripture reads. It says, and Paul, being greatly annoyed, turned around, and he cast the spirit out of her. The scripture says it was a spirit of divination. See, this girl um, was hired by these guys to bring much profit to them in fortune-telling and in soothsaying. All right, So she, she, was, she was bound by the devil, being, being used by the devil. And so Paul finally, it's like the lights came on and said, this is no ordinary cheerleader. <clears throat> and he turned around and he set her free. He cast the devil out of her, set her free. Well, the guys who were making profit off her, now their profit's gone. So they raise a big stink about it, end up getting Paul and Silas beat with rods and thrown into prison. And Paul and Silas, the scripture says, they were down in the prison and their hands and their feet were in, in the stocks. And at midnight, they started singing in that dark, dank dungeon in the dead of night. They start singing songs of praise to God. And the scripture goes on to tell us that the prisoners were listening. And as they sang, something started happening. Something marvelous started happening. Because they were singing like they were free, even though they were bound, chained. They were singing like free men, songs of freedom, songs of praise, songs of joy, songs of worship, and and somehow the earth started getting in on the song with them, and those chains, and the the doors started shaking, the prison doors began to shake, and the chains that were holding them began to rattle, and and the ground underneath them began to roll with excitement, shake, rattle, and roll. And all of a sudden the chains fell off the stocks came open and the doors the prison doors swung open and everybody was set free by that event wow the limitations came off listen to me the moment the circumstances get better for you is not the moment that you're actually free I mean that's good the moment that you're free from that bondage from that habit or or overcome whatever it might be listen to me it's you're free the moment you begin to declare that you're free are you hearing me? They were praising before, while the chains were still on. They were praising while it was still dark, while it was midnight, while they were still feeling the, the, the sores on their back from the beat. They were, they were praising God in that moment. Somebody here just needs to right now just begin to praise God. Lift up your voice and thank him that he has set you free from every limitation. You might be limited by something today, but don't let that limit your confession. Don't let that limit how you praise God. Hallelujah. That you will sing into the night. You will sing at that midnight hour. You will sing while you are still bound because God is there. Listen to me. You might feel powerless to change your situation right now, and that's okay because He is powerful, and He's on your side, and greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world, and God will and can and does make a way. He has taken the limits off by loosening you from everything that was tying you down. Yeah. Amen. Believe that today. Receive that for you. Receive that He did it for you. Not that God just can do it, no, that He has done it. Yeah. And it's only realized in that realm of faith through the expression of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've set us free. Thank you, Lord, that even in darkness, thank you, Lord, that maybe some are here today that are bound in debt. Some may be bound in an addiction in a relationship that they they, they just can't seem to get their way out, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are a very present help right now in Jesus' name. We praise the one who breaks the chains. We praise the one who removes the burdens. We praise the one who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise the one who has removed every limitation. Thank you, Lord, so that we can be free. Free, because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's continue. Verse 35, and they threw their own clothes, it says. They threw their own clothes on the donkey, on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. Do you see that? They set Jesus on him. Jesus is made visible by you for others to see. Right. That put Jesus before the people up above so everybody could get their eyes on him. As a believer, your relationship with God, just in case you're wondering or questioning about this, it's not a private matter. I don't know, I know, I know. You might not like that, but it's still the truth. It's not a private matter. No, no, me, my relationship with God, that's that's, that's between me and God. You might have talked to him about that, because he doesn't think like that. He, He doesn't think like that. Think about it. When I was a kid, and some of you older people might remember this, I can remember we used to sing this song and sing it in church. And it went like this, me and Jesus. We got our own thing going. No, you don't. No, you don't. No. No, you don't. Because here's the thing. When the light of the glorious gospel shone on your heart, your life became a spotlight. Boom, the lights came on. All right? This is no private matter. All right? Now you are on display. Jesus said, me and you, we got our own thing going, so keep it quiet. Just keep it between you and me. No, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. You're on display. You're here to make Jesus visible for others to see. Amen. Wherever you go, understand that you are being sent by him and the lights are on in your life. That's why, see, and your your lights are on. And the moment, you you might can witness to this because I can remember going through this before, that when the moment somebody finds out you're a Christian and you finally mess up and you call yourself a Christian. I don't know how many times I've heard that in my life. And you call yourself a Christian. Right? Because the lights are on. Your life's on display. Yeah. I, I do call myself a Christian. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I am redeemed. I am forgiven. Because Christians aren't Christians because of what they do. There are a lot of people living holier lives than Christians. I'm serious. I mean, they got the rules and regulations stuff down, right? I mean, Cornelius is a stark example of that. I mean, the scripture says he's one who feared God with all of his house. He gave alms generously to the poor. He, he, he prayed to God always. He and all of his household feared God, and he still wasn't a Christian. I look at Cornelius' life, I think, I probably wouldn't even witness to that guy or tell him about Jesus because I would assume that he already knew him just because he's living so right. But he would have split hell wide open if he would have died because we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith in him. So God made sure to get Peter to come and preach the gospel that through him, whoever believes on him would receive remission of sins. And at that moment, Cornelius was made right with God. So, I mean, it's not about clean living, even though we should have clean living. You understand what I'm saying? But this is about how we are, are, are born. Born this way. Born into the kingdom of God. Born a child of God. Hallelujah. See, sons are born. Disciples are made. And that's up to us what kind of disciple we're going to be. Those are going to be the cho- Whether we choose to follow him. But listen, we're sons because we believed on him. Everybody straight with that? Okay. So we, as a church, the scripture says, are a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. We're here to proclaim this good news of the gospel. Uh, That's what I love about the gospel. Uh, It's just such wonderful news that God so loved us that he gave us Jesus. He, He spent everything he had so he could have us, so that we would choose him. Amen? And then we go about demonstrating that gospel as well. We don't just proclaim it, but we also demonstrate it. That's why, you know, we, we, we do good works because we know our good works won't save us, but they might help somebody else find their way to heaven. Yeah. Right? Because Jesus said, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. My grandmother, she's an inspiration to me. And um, uh, she, she is a hardcore Pentecostal grandma. She prayed all of us basically into the kingdom of God. Let me just say this today. If you're here today and you happen to have a grandmother like I've got and you are trying to run away from God, you might as well give up right now because she is going to get you into the kingdom of God, all right? I mean, they're, they're just hardcore, right? I mean, she's just hardcore. She, my, she, I mean, my, my father was trying to run from God and my grandmother just stayed on her knees and kept praying and finally he's like, I give up. I'm grateful for it because now our whole family has benefited from her faith in God and from her persistence in prayer. So I'm grateful. And so she's, she's very inspiring in lots of ways. One way is that she has no problem at all ever telling you exactly what's on her mind and what she's thinking, all right? And it's specifically when it comes to Jesus, she'll tell anybody and everybody about Jesus. I, I mean, so much so that I'm like, Grandma, can we just eat lunch here today? Do we have to witness to every waiter and waitress that come by? Can we just enjoy our food, Right. Uh, But she's so she's very challenging in that way, too, because I just think, golly, man, I could be a little bit more evangelistic, I guess. And I'm a pastor. And so she we came over to her house one day and she was on the phone talking to somebody. And so we're we're all we'd come in from San Angelo up to that, you know, that huge metropolis, Thackerville, Oklahoma. Or the Windstar Casino? Yeah, that's our hometown. Anyway, so we went to Grandma's farm out there, and and so she's on the phone. She's just rattling away talking to somebody, right? Well, you know, if you just surrender to Jesus and and give those problems to him, he'll help you. And, I mean, just encourage them and going along. We just waited and waited and waited for Grandma to get off the phone. Finally, she gets off the phone. My dad says, Mom, who was that that you were preaching to? She goes, I don't know. They dialed the wrong number. (laughs) Got an earful anyway. (laughs) Because we're all on display. We're all on display. We're here to make him visible for all to see. Listen to me. This is why it's important that you God has, God has grant, so changed your life so that he's given you a story of hope. That story of hope is not to be kept to yourself. That's why we're able to tell Jesus, others our story, how Jesus changed us and how certainly he can change them. That's why we, we give to the needy. We see a need and we meet a need. We reach out and help the helpless. Can I get a good amen today? This is how we show Jesus visible to the world, that we become a listening ear and truly listen, truly listen to people. Take time to pray with someone. These these things can, can, can really shine the light on our Savior and His goodness to all mankind. Amen. He deserves for us. He deserves for us to talk about Him. He's worthy of that for us to live our lives to show Him. Amen. Jesus chose you. He chose you for his purpose. See, when you came in here today, you you probably had the idea that you could never learn anything from a donkey. But this donkey taught us a few things today, didn't he? You can learn a lot from a donkey. He chose you for his purpose. Jesus has loosed you from limitation. And Jesus is made visible by you for others to see Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you did what you did for us. You didn't have to. You chose to. And we thank you for the gift of life because we understand right now at this moment, we woke up this morning. Some people didn't. But we did. It's a gift from you. The breath in our lungs is a gift from you. The abilities that we have is a gift from you. Oh, Lord, help us to be aware of that. Help us to remember that so that we don't go off living life for ourselves. Get caught up in the circles of life, the, the, just the routine of daily things without acknowledging you and remembering that you made us. You fashioned us when we were in our mother's womb. Mm. That you knit us together in the inward parts, your scripture says. Carefully giving attention to every detail of our makeup. David said, all of my makeup, all of my frame, everything about me is recorded in a book. You even have it written down, how we're made. We're so precious to you. Oh God, that, that you would be precious to us in that way. That when we get up in the morning, the first thing off our lips is thank you, Lord. Thank you for another day. Thank you that you give me the gift of life. Thank you that you chose me, that you need me in the earth today. You need me to make Jesus visible. And you've given me every way to express that because you've taken off the limitations. You've loosed me from all the bonds that would hold me down. Today, if you're here, and I just want to just ask you for a moment, if you're here today and you have found yourself tied down, tied down. I don't don't know what that looks like, but you do. And you just need to, by faith, receive freedom from that. I just want to see your hand for just a moment. Just by that, your hand raised, you're saying today, I'm, I'm just acknowledging I'm receiving His freedom from that bondage today. I'm receiving His power to help me, to change me, to set me free. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see these hands up today, and I thank you that you meet them right now where they are. I declare freedom from that bondage. Freedom from that oppression. Freedom from that debt. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name from that lack in Jesus' name. Freedom from that addiction. Freedom from that sickness and from that pain in Jesus' name. Freedom. Because the enemy is defeated and Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you now. From this day forward things are different. That which once easily held them no longer holds them because it has been untied, and they have been loosed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to stand together for a moment. Let's just lift our hands, and let's just thank the Lord. Just, Just lift up your voice and thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for the gift of life. Thank Him for that breath in your lungs. Thank Him for your family. Thank Him that He's with you. Thank Him that He leaves nothing un, undone. Hallelujah. That He watches over His Word to perform it. Thank Him that He's, that he's protected you and continues to protect you. Thank you that He leads you. Ha, hallelujah. He leads you. He leads you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For He is with you. His rod and His staff, they comfort you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup runs over, and surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We celebrate our King who has triumphantly entered into our hearts and changed our whole life, forever altered the course of our destiny with His great love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.